Welcome to Inman Reconnect, bringing you the smartest conversations with the brightest minds in real estate. I'm your host, Clelia Peters. The first season of Inman Reconnect launches soon. As a preview, we're presenting five classic conversations from previous Inman Connect events. In today's episode, Realogy CEO Ryan Schneider and Compass CEO Robert Repkin engage in a friendly-ish discussion about what's coming next for the industry at Connect New York 2019. Enjoy. You know who the leaders are? All of you in the back and up there, you're the leaders. But we got a couple transformative leaders here. Yesterday I called you both that. Um, by the way, we got enough IQ power here to like run, I don't know, the US government. Oh, he's uh, a PhD, I'm not. You're not a PhD? No, no, I'm a C student. But you're like a master's or something, right? No, uh, yeah, I, I guess I got an MBA. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, we I saw some- his resume when we hired him at McKinsey. He was not a C student. Let's <laughs> now, be clear. Let, let's make sure we heard Ryan right. You hired Robert. I personally didn't hire Robert, but I got to work with Robert at McKinsey. Uh, the secret of consulting is that uh, while the partner group might seem talented, the real most talented people at a, at a place like McKinsey are the business analysts that get hired straight out of college. And Robert was in a class uh, in the early 2000s, and I got to work with him a little bit. And that's where the most talented people were. Did you fire him or did you keep were. him? Oh, I would have totally kept him. I had to leave the company because he was setting such a high bar. I had to go <laughs> off to Capital One and wow. start a different career there. Right. So what, what kind of guy was he? No, he was, a, he was a real star in the company. Like, these, there are certain people that everyone knows their name. Um, and when he left, I just remember, you know, I was like 20 years old, it was a really big deal. Yeah, and to me, it was one of the first examples I saw in my career of someone leaving for passion and to go do something different when they could have had a guaranteed path where they were. Right. Well, you know, consultants don't do shit, right? I mean, they don't have, an account- <laughs> they don't have accountability. They don't really, they just give advice and leave, you know? I mean, <laughs> you guys now have huge accountability. And I want to make sure you know that. You are running, well, what? One in, what are you, two now, Robert? It depends on who defines it. Yeah. I'm not using numbers anymore because people always like to change numbers. Yeah, watch out. Is it with franchises, without franchises? <laughs> yeah, how many agents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but one thing that's interesting, publicly traded company, private company, uh, different rules. Uh, talk about that, Ryan. I mean, you can't say anything anymore, right? Yeah, there's, there's a few challenges there. Well, look, uh, the reality is I think whether you're a public company or a private company, I think we're all trying to do the same things. We're all trying to help our agents and our franchisees be more successful, do more business, and grow their business, because we only you know, do well when our agents and our franchisees do well. So public or private, doesn't matter. I think we're all trying to make the same decision. That said, one of the advantages, but also challenges of leading a big public company on the advantage side, you know, we have a huge amount of resources to invest, right? And to invest in our agents, to invest in technology for them, in data analytics for them, invest in our great brands. And so I'm really excited to have that kind of public company throw weight to make those investments. On the flip side, if you're around a public company, you know, you can't exaggerate. And you know, one of the things I've learned in the past year in real estate is there's a lot of exaggeration in our industry. And you know, the reality is, no, no, hey, if, if I exaggerate, whether it's about, you, know, you can see that we have thousands of pages of disclosure. You can see our profitability. You can see how we pay our agents. You can see how we make investments. You can see us write off investments that didn't go so well. You can see everything you want about Realogy. And if I exaggerate on things, a bunch of people show up at my door, and some of them, like the SEC, bring things with them to my door that 
that we really don't want in the building. So, um, you know, one of the things that is, is, I think, a good thing for me about the public company is it requires me to say what I mean and actually do what I say, or there's some real consequences. And, you know, that's not true in the world uh, in every place, but I'm, I'm proud to be part of that and have that, have that opportunity, even though I do believe we are all doing the same thing, just trying to make agents successful, trying to grow our businesses together. And, uh, and I love the chance that I've had here for the last year, and I'm excited to be here again, Brad. And we'll get into that. My, I don't know what with my head. I just went up head five years, and I imagine Robert sitting there, and Robert saying, you know, Brad, the challenge running a public company, <laughs> yeah, and it's some a, entrepreneur is sitting here named <laughs> Helen, and she's saying, okay, so Helen, no, Robert. How do you, I mean, the beauty of starting a company yeah. and being private is you can make those agile moves. You're not getting the scrutiny exactly. and the sunshine. But I think I think there was a little bit of jab there from. Uh, yeah, and I, I did hear that a little. Did you bit. hear it? Yeah, I was wondering, he's a really smart guy. I was like, yeah. I was like, is that a little bit in there? Yeah, he's a PhD. Just, just a little. Just a little. Okay, among friends. So tell us. Yeah, I mean that's one of the charges you get all the time. Um, it's like exaggeration. Yeah, look, look yeah, for 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 me, um, one of the benefits of being private is our investors have a, a ten plus year time frame. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, I meet with them four times a year and no other time. So four times a year, I meet with investors. I, the meetings are about four hours total. So 16 hours of meetings, most of it is just you know, sharing you know, how we're doing. And they're not telling us what to do. They're not creating our strategy. So what's nice uh, about being private is the strategy can be completely created by the, our clients, by our agents. Right? And so they're the ones, uh, if I think about the, the last 100 things that I've, uh, they have given me pressure, that I've been you know, stressed out to do, all of those have come from our agent. Well, actually, my daughters, and then my wife. And then my wife. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, I got to. I got to do a lot of stuff for them. But outside of the family, um, it's all about. It all comes from agents, uh, as opposed to investors. And that's just a very nice thing about being private. Let's talk about that in a minute, Ryan. You kind of changed the slogan. Um, from I mean, Richard Smith was here years ago. You and I talked about it, where the client was the broker owner. And you all are now talking about the agent. Robert's talking about the agent. Zillow wants the agents, although I don't know with, um, with their new instant offer. But um, they, everybody wants the agent. Gary Keller wants the agent. Everybody's for the agent. The agent has never had more power. But how in the heck does an agent differentiate the value proposition? And let's dig deeper than, oh, the culture, oh, the technology. I mean, those are like glib phrases that, you know, what exactly should, why should an agent join Cole Banker or Better Homes and Gardens? Because this is tough for agents. We're getting questions all the time about this. Yeah, so in our side, I, look, I think there's a lot of great things about the Realogy value proposition across the different brands. And you know, there's two vectors of why I think an agent should think hard about, about Realogy. One is, I think we have a great value proposition. We have brands that are consumer recognized 90 plus percent. Each is a little bit different, which can appeal to agents in different ways. But does that make a any lot of power to, there. Really, does that make any difference to the consumer, Ryan? I think and brands I legitimate, yeah, no, no, I think it's great. Look, Robert's got the challenge of building a brand from scratch, which is a tough thing. I've got the luxury of inheriting, you know, you know five kind of very well-known brands. I think brands matter for the consumers to legitimize the agent in many ways, right? And I'd sure rather go to market with a strong brand 
whether it's a long-standing one or a newer one like Robert's building, than I would with kind of no brand, especially in a world where brands matter more, trust is more at risk in our society these days. So I think it legitimizes them. But, but the brands also attract different agent types because the brands offer different things. And especially in this world where technology and data is increasingly going to be what differentiates people, you know, we've got the ability as a bigger company to keep investing and drive more success with those things. I think we've got the industry-leading data analytics platform right now. I think we're doing great things with that. I think we're all on a journey to disrupt technology because the biggest learning I've had in the last year, Brad, in this industry is there's actually been a lot less technology disruption than people talk about which is great because there's more room for myself and Realogy and other companies to do more. The customer experience hasn't changed that much with technology. The agent experience hasn't changed that much yet with technology. The technology itself isn't that different. There's a lot of money going at it called technology, but the actual technology delivery by our industry, and I'll include myself in that, yep. has Let's not talk been about some of that, as I, strong I as it should I described yesterday a supernova, big changes. Uh, on-demand, i-buying, I mean, these are pretty structural shifts, but before we go to that, Kalia Peters was supposed to be here. Uh, Kalia's not here because last night uh, she went into the hospital. Uh, we're trying to get word to deliver her baby, so uh, that's why um, I'm here, and that's why the only uh, event of anything at Connect, there's not a woman or two women on stage, there's three guys, I apologize for that because we don't allow that, but Clea went into the hospital to deliver a so, baby. So let me, um, let me address what, what he just mentioned. Look, I, I don't think that, I don't think you think, I hope you don't think that data analytics is, is gonna help you make more money. I hope you don't think, although many of you probably do think that brand will make you more money. I believe you will make you, you more money. I believe your business is your business. And when you think about where to go, you should think about which company will give you the most of you. Most of you in time, most of you in support, most of you in image marketing, and most of you in energy, inspiration. Who will have the culture that will make you your best self? Because when you're in that listing presentation or when you're with a friend just talking about the business, and they're saying, oh, I'm going to refer them, it's about you. It's not the brand of your company. Yeah, but Robert, in fairness, you invest a lot in your brand. Everything about it, the logo, the look, the feel, the offices. I see the signs in my street. I mean, you're thinking about that. I mean, you'd like to have the awareness of Cobalt Banker, wouldn't you? Uh, I may want to have the awareness of Sotheby's, uh, but... <laughs> I love Sotheby's. That was a great compliment. I love all yeah. of our ch my children equally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that true, Sherry? <laughs> uh, look, it's, it's not what I want. It's not, I don't care what I want. All I care is what our agents want. Our eight, I think every agent in the country would want the brand recognition of Sotheby's. It's, it's one of the best brands in the world. It's not... Um, but I think it just brand doesn't matter. I think brand to me has been one of the bigger frustrations coming from the outside where what happened somehow in this industry 30 years ago, 40 years ago, someone must have said to an agent, um, go to the seller and sell this thing called the company. Um, and say the company has an international network. They have, they have auction houses in London, Hong Kong, Singapore, Dubai, stuff out. They're going to help them buy a home. That they have all the stuff that the company does. The truth is it's all the agent. If you think about the 50 things that it takes to sell a home, how much of that is really coming from the company versus the agent? And so- But don't you have to offer that to get agents to come to you? You have to offer them things. I mean, or why yeah, would they the, even the, come the, to the you? The things that we offer them, in-house marketing and advertising agency to brand them, uh, whether, whether social, print, digital, we create logos for agents, fixed stock, business card, whatever they want in the world of marketing, which brands them, yeah. so they can get their more referrals. 
Um, you know, what we offer is, you know, training agency CEO. We have staging that we'll offer to their clients. So every agent at Compass can go to their clients and say, hey, the market's starting to shift. It's more important to prepare your property and make it stand out today than it was a year ago. I see opportunities for decluttering, staging, roofing, cosmetic repair, um, flooring. It's going to cost around $50,000. There are two options. One, you could pay for it for yourself, but you said all your money is in your nest egg, your home, or two, Compass can front load the entire amount and get paid out of the proceeds. So those are the yep. kinds of things that, that we offer, really just helping the agent, though. It's not, I think there are certain brokerages that care more about the company brand than the agent's brand. We care more about the agent's brand than our brand. Let's talk about this a minute, Ryan. So when you inherited the company a year ago, a year ago, right? About a year ago, yeah. Wow. Um, up until that point, or maybe a year or two before, and you don't, can't dismiss KW, but the King of Hill was Realogy, and suddenly earnings are coming out that people are coming at you at all directions. And one was Compass. Sure. And what did you guys in the last year sit down and resolve? And let's, let's go through the list. Like agent compensation. Clearly Robert came in and disrupted agent compensation with you know, an incredibly generous NBA-like offering to top agents. How did you guys start to think about it? And I'd like to ask both of you, for the folks in the room, where is the agent compensation program going? When it's all done and all this competition, um, what's going to happen with that and what can we expect? But let's start with, you know, in the secret boardrooms that aren't uh, on the public record, what were you yeah. saying and deciding and what is the strategy now to compete with this yeah. guy? Well, the real picture actually goes back to, to even before, you know, Robert got some of the momentum, which is the first real disruption that Realogy faced was Keller Williams, yeah. right? And Keller Williams, you know, some massive growth of market share while Realogy was losing market share. Realogy trying to hold agent commissions flat, Keller Williams, you know, taking a lot of our agents with a higher commission structure and, uh, and realizing that, hey, we've got to confront that and then confront the equivalent with, you know, Robert and, and other companies that are out there that may be more aggressive on that, um, you know, was kind of the first step to change is knowing what the problem is and recognizing that you've got a, you've got a problem. And, you know, we're coming at it from a couple prongs. So one prong is, you know, you know, I believe our agents care the most about making the most money on their bottom line not necessarily just their split or a one-time bonus or something. And so a lot of what we talk about and focus on is enhancing our value proposition. Some of that is technology and data. Some of that is changing our compensation approach. We've done some different pilots in different markets to actually be a little more aggressive on what people can aspirationally achieve with us compared to what we used to offer them. Uh, and so you know, you've got to meet the market where it is, uh, but you know, I don't believe this can, this can only be a race about who can spend the most money on agents. I think you've got to really think about your value proposition. Mm. We're spending a lot of effort on that. Robert talked a lot about, you know, his that, he's, that, that he's, he's passionate about. And so, you know, we live in a world where there is, I think you talked about the inverted triangle, right? I think the agents have more, uh, 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 more of us want to focus on the agent than ever before, as you called out, a lot of a switch. But that's because we recognize that, you know, we're only successful if agents are, and we want to be there with our agents making them successful. And, you know, so, so we focus a, a lot more on that than before. Uh, which kind of, you know, had led us to some of the past challenges that we had at Realogy and that we're excited to be on a different path at. But I guess I hear so many stories from agents, you know, they call me a lot of them, but mostly yeah. managers, broker, owners, like, what do we do when someone puts a $100 bill in front of you 
and someone puts a $20 bill in front of you and says the $20 bill comes with culture and warmth and a, you know, a pretty office. And yeah. most people, the best agents will take that $100 bill. Um, I mean, right? I mean that. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it that way. Um, but that's what you're doing. No, no, but I don't see the. You get, <laughs> you're yeah. giving somebody a half a million dollars and a marketing budget and a better split. But, but, and, it, but if that was true, then every best agent would be at Compass. So you're going to stop doing that? No, my, my point is. My point is. Um, I think it's. Um, I think it's. Not kind to the agents in this room, the agents in this country, to say that. Uh, one can buy agents. If someone gets a $100,000 bonus, $50,000 bonus, $100,000 bonus, um, and they're to come to a company, I don't think they're going home to their spouse and saying, hey, honey, I got bought today. Hey, kids, I got bought today. You know, when it's 10% of the amount of money that they make in a year, you know, they have to believe in the company because if the company, they didn't believe in it, then they would lose that in a matter of months. Honey, I, I'm going to get a $500,000 check tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, no, it's not $500,000. No one's getting $500,000 checks. But it, it's also, it, it's not, yeah, it, you, you can't buy people. You can't even buy companies. Like, I, I've talked to some of the best companies in the country. I've, I've talked about buying them, but they don't want to sell. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I just think it's not the right language. Um, but look, your broader question is, where is this all going? Yeah, let's both of it. Yeah. Imagine agent compensation, and when it all sorts out, do we have a new model? Is it employees? I, is it you I, know, more bonus driven? Is it the floor, the ceilings, the splits? What does it look like? Do you have any idea? I think that there's going to be, um, I think the traditional brokerage firm as we know it is not going to exist at some point in the future, 10 years, 15 years, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's because the agent doesn't want to pay the brokerage firm enough to pay their rent. Uh, and that was before Compass. In Miami, before I was ever there, uh, splits went from 50-50 to in the 90s. So I first went there, splits were in the 90s. So yes, Compass, there's Remax before us. There's Keller Williams before us. Um, this trend has been going on for a while, and I think it's fundamentally the agents are working so hard every single day, and the brokerage firm isn't as work, is not working as hard for them as they're working for them. But what clients. does that look like? What is, how does that compensate? So the way that it all flows out is I think there are going to be four companies. There's going to be the premier do-it-yourself firm, EXP, Keller Williams, I don't, I don't know, but will it be a landlord-tenant relationship? We're just paying fees and fees for an office space. I think there'll be the premier will-do-everything-for-you firm. You know, I, you know, I, I hope that will be us. Uh, in-house marketing, in all, you don't have to log into 13 companies to do your technology, it's all built by us, and so on. I think there will, then there'll be the seller-owner. Um, and so, uh, you know, many of you, you know there's an owner, in your market there's an owner who uh, has maybe 100 agents underneath them, 200 agents, and they can use the company brand to get more business for themselves. And then lastly, there'll be the, the real small boutique who says, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, and in, it will actually, it will cost them more money, they'll make less money, but they'll be okay with that. Yeah. So I think those are the four models. What do you think, Ryan? What are you looking out ahead? Look, I, a lot of these things are about finding the equilibrium, right? And I think we're going through a time of change and disruption. And you know, at the moment, all that disruption is financial, basically, right? What I don't think we've seen- What do you mean by that, by the way? Is that most of the change that you're talking about here is literally financial disruption. It is people, you know, 
paying more for agents and changing kind of the you know the, the whatever the market clearing price is for for you know uh, to make agents be excited about the value proposition that you're offering. But I believe that's not the only thing in life that matters. I believe Robert's point on culture matters, and I believe that kind of how brokerages do work very hard for agents matter a lot. You know, the lead generation that a company like we provide with our relocation business and our affinity partners, uh, you know, the technology and data things that we should be doing with our 20 years of data history and our kind of national real-time data access that we have at, at just kind of massive scale. And so, um, you know, I think you were going to a world, and it's what we're living in already, where the margins in the business are lower. Um, uh, and we're also doing it at a time when there's less inventory in the market and we may be going into a little bit of a tough housing year, but in a slightly healthier housing market, you could see this kind of stabilizing at kind of its next equilibrium. As Robert said, it used to be 50-50, then it found another equilibrium and it kind of keeps changing equilibriums. Yes, they always go up, but there's another equilibrium to be found here as we get through this disruption time. And part of it means that we as brokers, whether it's us, Compass, whoever, we've got to up our game. Do more volume, be more productive, use Be technology. more productive, run our off operations leaner, yeah. you know, do more lead generation. I mean, you haven't asked about Zillow, who you should be asking. If you really, I know Brad wants a food fight up here. Yeah. He wants to generate headlines. You should be asking about Zillow so we can have one. Um, not trying to pit Robert and I against each other the whole time. But so there's an equilibrium here where we are providing Providing more value to our agents along with dollars that creates a little more stability and it probably fits into one of the four yeah. models that Robert just talked about. By the way, Robert said at our CEO event on Tuesday, the fear of or the threat of people running their businesses off, I think Robert said portals, which that was code at least for part of Zillow, uh, the, the danger of running your business off that platform. You guys have a deal with Zillow. You always do this big hug fest with Zillow. Yeah. But aren't you doing exactly what Robert was warning the people in the room against? Like people running their entire business basically off, by the way, the brand that is a brand of habit versus a brand of awareness. You're absolutely wrong on that, Brad. We are not, we are not running our business off Zillow or Zillow Porter, nor do we want to. And if you go back to my transparency point about being a public company, you can go to my earnings calls and listen. I've publicly called Zillow a frenemy. Right? Zillow's done a lot of good stuff. They've done a great thing for consumers. But for agents, it's not clear to me that they've been actually a, a really good thing, especially recently. And you know, we've got to raise our game to compete with them because of that. Right? You know, their pricing's going up on a lot of things. The lead generation quality seems to be going down. And some of the moves, especially here in New York City recently, to really continually shrink the prominence of the listing agent when the agent was the one who went out and got that listing. It's just outrageous, right? And now we may not be able to, Robert and I may not, may not be able to change it today, but if you think that we're happy about that or that we think there's some sort of love fest or hug fest going on about that, you're crazy. And so, um, and so. Now we're so, going. So you've, you just gotta know that there's, you know, you know, and again, back to the public thing. It's on By the record. way, I get I that. A year ago, that you were like, so. happy, happy wife, happy life. I love my right. wife, I love Zillow, they're great. Yeah. What I just heard is, 
you know, Helen and I aren't getting along that yeah. well. Hey, She's I'll be honest, man. A year, I don't know if we're hey, going to last. A year ago, Brad, I was new. I had a lot to learn, and yeah. I learned it. And guess what I've learned it Your first, first meeting it's was been, with Zillow. It's we been know going that. out talking to agents and listening to them and hearing their dissatisfaction and their challenge to me that brokerages like us and Compass need to do more so that agents want to put their money with us, not with Zillow. And we need to do more of that, especially if they're doing things that are negative to the agent. And so, you know, if it's good for the agent, it's going to be good for us. But when I see someone doing something I don't think is good for the agent, then there's some work I need to go do. I mean, really what should happen, I, I appreciate the passion. I, 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 I love that. That was good. Um, and I, <laughs> and I, I could, because I know exactly what you mean. You, you hear all these agents, you know, very unhappy. And, and they're looking, they're literally looking to you to, to do something. And uh, it's a lot of pressure. But look, really what should happen is as an industry, we shouldn't be creating... There shouldn't be 800 MLSs. There should be one. That would just be very simple. That would, that would change a lot. There shouldn't be 32 CRMs. There should be one. And we should just all work together. There shouldn't be 52 lead generation companies. There shouldn't be 11 search apps. There shouldn't be over 400 software buyers selling. To, there shouldn't be you know, all those people outside. There should be one, you know, the, the, these technology software providers selling to you every day. There should be just one system that we all invest in to make everyone's life easier. Uh, now, how do you get a bunch of how do you get 86,000 broker firms to collaborate? You know, that's a hard thing. I, you know, Moxie Pro, I think, did a, a good job in, in Seattle and it made a lot of agents' lives easier because they seem like they've worked together a little bit. But we need to do that on a much broader scale. Together as an industry? You're saying that's not realistic. Well, I'd like to think, I'm, you know, I, I'm very hopeful of all these things, but you know, I would like the MLS to be national and I'd like it to be free. And you know who I'd like it to be free to? An entrepreneur who doesn't get trash and can't get access to the MLS, because he's got a new or she's got a new idea. They need access to the ML, MLS to compete. And, and so that's my wish list. Like, let's get rid of the fragmentation. Let's get rid of the fiefdoms. Let's make it an Brad, and get every, just, so they can compete You just another thing that, that basically takes something, some, some, some power away from the agent, who is the one who generated those listings that are on the MLS. Like, why would you do that? Give away the MLS to entrepreneurs? Yeah, why would you do something that, in my well, mind, would take power away from the agents who generate the listings that are well, on the MLS? Well, their listings on the MLS, so they get I access. I understand that they're going to get they're going to get access to their home listing. That's what I, I. To me, that doesn't hurt the agent. Okay. It probably hurts a lot of people in the middle. Okay. The fiefdoms and the little, you know, but it doesn't hurt the agent. Okay. It's exposing. That's my contention. Okay. But fair enough. Anyway, let's go to M and A. Are you done? No. You got a big one coming up. We're talking to a lot of people. You're private. You can share it. You're not public. <laughs> you know, exactly. You can. That's yeah. your point. No, last year he tricked me. He's like, so what, what multiples are you paying? And I, I said the multiples. <laughs> so Very I'm, transparent. It was great. <laughs> do a reveal today for me. What do you say? Do a reveal for me today, something you're... I, I don't have But you're not done with M&A. No, we're not done. Mega ones or smaller Look, ones? The one thing I'd clarify is, you know, the, you had a press release two days ago that said, you know, put it on the brakes. To be clear, um, we're expanding to 51 new offices. It's just in our current markets. So you're it, still going horizontal? We're going deep, uh, arguably horizontal, because there's DC, we're going to McLean, et cetera. So we're going a little horizontal, but I can say in this context, Bay Area is right. one market. We're, we're just expanding out. So you're inside. in Chicago, but you're going to buy at properties? No, we're not okay. going to buy at properties. Anyway. But I think at properties is one of the best companies in the country. Yeah. No, I heard you say it the other day, which made me think that was it. M&A, are you done? Oh, you were trying to trick me. Try it. <laughs> sneaky, man. You guys are the masters of M&A. People yes. always say, this has never happened before what Robert's doing. Right. And I go, just go back to 1996, right. and the folks that formed Realogy yeah. went out and bought all the brands and had 20% market share overnight. Yeah. Uh, but you seem to have slowed that beast down. Yeah, nobody, look, nobody's done more M&A and bought more companies than Realogy, and, and you know, a lot of the power of our company is what 
all those acquisitions has created as a place and with the brands uh, as part of that. But you know, in the near term, you know, look, you never say never, Brad. But in the near term, our strategy is not about M and A. We've done enough of that. We've got such scale, and this, you know, we got 16% market share. We've got all the scale in the world. We're spending a couple hundred million on technology. We've got great brands. We need to be ramping up our organic growth, both ours and helping our franchisees do that. And a lot of that gets back to that agent value proposition that we talked about. You know, uh, doing acquisitions can disguise a lot of weaknesses. And by not doing acquisitions, it forces us to really focus on where we think the leverage is, which is to drive organic growth. I'm a big believer there's gonna be a lot more consolidation in this industry. It's a very fragmented industry compared to all the others out there. And uh, that consolidation can come both from people buying companies, if that's in you know, different companies' future. It can come from the bigger companies doing organic growth. But in a world where tech and data is gonna matter more, in a world where we may be in for a rough housing year coming up, in a world of a lot of things uh, changing, I think people are going to want to end up with the bigger players, and I think the bigger players will consolidate this market over time, whether it's through M&A or through organic growth. Let's talk, uh, um, I talk about on-demand, you know, instant offers, uh, a certain, a fast, and easier transaction. And I'm very excited about what Zillow's doing in that area. I'm excited about Open Door because it's a formidable change, or formidable forces change the industry in a really important way. You guys are not really in. Yeah, look, uh, look I, the way that Compass instant works. Instant offers. You guys yeah, are experienced. We are. Okay. What do you think yeah. of it, first the, of all? The way, the way that, that I work and what I believe is that if an agent isn't asking me to do something, it's not valuable. Right? And so there's a lot of things that people talk about, but if agents aren't saying that it, it's helpful, then I don't think it is. Uh, and so I, I don't. I'm, you I think the it. agents don't want that? They don't want that in their tool chest. To they don't want on. to. Uh, I'm, I just. I'm not proactively hearing that. Okay. Now the only t place I have heard it as an issue is in markets that we're not really in. That are um, called more like Arizona, where there could be a, a planned community where all the properties look the exact same, so it's easier to value, and it's below kind of 400,000. I've heard that there are top agents in those markets that have been replaced. But we're hearing but, predictions from pretty savvy people that this could represent upwards of 20% uh, in the next couple years. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, How do you I'm a little bearish that? on that. We probably don't have time to, to yep. go into some theses on whether iBind's gonna work or not or some of the challenges. But look, Robert's right, you know, in a planned community outside of Arizona, in a yep. market where inventory's under three months, yeah, you can buy the same house and kind of flip it and, you know, and probably have some success. Uh, but there's a broader world out there. But that said, we got to be watching for the disruption. We've planted our, you know, kind of call it risk management seeds there. We're doing uh, I buying in three markets, but we're doing it in a way that the agent is part of the buying of the house, and then they go turn around and sell the house. And in the cases where the people turn the offer down, we're keeping the listing with our agents in the vast majority of time. So I view it as a tool to give agents something else in our value proposition, and very few brokerages are doing that, so I hope it can be a differentiator. If that thing gets bigger, we've got a flag planted, um, but I'm much more with Robert. So consumers need representation, go. I agree with that. Whatever, however it happens, they still need representation, but let's just make it easier for them. Let's finish with this really quickly, data, data. You keep talking about data, you're all talking about data. Um, I don't think I've ever used the word data. You if, haven't? If, if, you, if you look back at anything I've ever said, I don't think I've ever said the word data. Okay, this is for Robert then. Data, you talk about it. <laughs> what are the products that we're going to see from Realogy, the data that you keep talking about, and your background that the, the agents are going to start getting from you guys? And you made some announcements already, but yeah. So we've what, done, what was one specific yeah. example of what some things we're going to see yeah. from so Realogy? We've done, we've, done, we've done announcements already. We're talking about, we're looking at products that basically 
use data to, to look at their uh, contact list, social media, and actually decide where they should be investing their marketing in terms of probability of actually purchasing a house in the next six months. We're looking at data to help people. Um, so better marketing spend. Better marketing spend is one example. We're helping people actually prioritize leads that they get with this massive flood of low quality leads out there in the world. How do you really kind of turn the machines on them and actually try to find some of the more diamonds in the rough uh, in that area? Um, we're giving data, we're planning to give data to our franchisees to help them figure out which agents are best to recruit kind of in their local markets. We're piloting that in our own business already. Uh, so those are just three examples, oh, that's Brad, great. but the, the world is going to be driven by access to data and scale of data, and we have it historically and we have it nationally, and, and I want to do even more to unlock that. More to come, but it's going to be a big part of helping make agents successful Exciting stuff. Robert, let's not use data, technology. What, what is your, of all the things in tech, with CRM, whatever it may be. I've used technology. <laughs> yeah, right, you say it all the time. Look, I, think, I think what matters is listings. Listings are the lifeblood of our business, biggest cliche we've ever heard, list to live, list to last. I think we as an industry have to learn how to get a hold of our listings um, as individuals, as companies, and as, a, as an industry, as MLSs. Um, but I think that's what matters the most. I, look, I could go down to technology, which is I think below that, uh, but I think technology is really kind of the most overrated thing that people are talking about right now. Uh, and, and I don't think agents are really asking for technology. What they're asking for is, I don't want to log into 13 different companies. I mean, I've seen agents with like an Excel spreadsheet of over 30 different logins, and it's overwhelming. I think they're asking for But that's time. a technology solution. I think they're asking for everything in one place. Look, the biggest thing that happened last year that I don't think anyone talked about was, you know, last January, uh, you know, Realogy and Keller Williams said they're going to build the end-to-end -end platform, everything in one place for the agent. And then in November, um, it came out on Inman that, you know, Realogy no longer wants to do that. They're going to outsource a number of tools. That's a really big thing. Uh, well, outsourcing and open source, there's, there's a derogatory term and there's a refreshingly positive term, which is called open source, in fairness. Open architecture. Yeah, which is a no. good thing. Hey, these are two examples of transformative leaders. I can't tell you how energized it is to talk to you. I've talked to some old farts up here that run these big companies, and they were really friggin' boring. You guys are refreshing. Keep up the good work. We're going to keep you honest all the way along, and we're going to break the stories. Um, and we're You're going to break the stories and leak the stories. No, we're going to break them. <laughs> anyway, let's give them a big round of applause. Thanks for listening to another episode of Inman Reconnect. Visit inman.com slash reconnect for all episodes of Inman Reconnect. In advance of the launch of our first season, please subscribe to Inman Reconnect in the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.